and welcome back to Giovanni Trioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, I hope you guys are all staying safe and healthy during this whole uh, quarantine situation. Hope everybody is uh, finding stuff to do and uh, making it through alright in whatever way that you choose. And uh, just making the best of it in general. Uh, so, yeah, um, I mean just right off the top. I'm sure that's what everybody else is thinking about, so just wanted to mention it real quick. And then, uh, yeah, uh, let's just, you know, let's just get into it. Like, like, why even wait? I mean, who, who's got time? I mean, literally everyone at this current moment, but like, I mean, who's got time? So, um, yeah, I'm going to talk about some of my favorite 80s movies. Uh, well, I guess, uh, I guess it's technically Terminator's 84, and then T2 is 91, so, I mean, I'm gonna, cons- I'm gonna like, I'm gonna lump it in, cause it's like, you know, it's like early 80s and then early 90s, but the early 90s are still, like, kinda just the late 80s, just the, like, a little bit of an extension, so, listen, I'm talking about some of my favorite older action movies, let's just go with that, uh, Terminator and the... The awesome sequel, T2. So, honestly, awesome is the best word that I could use to describe these movies. They're just awesome. They're so much fun. Um, upon revisiting them, I think I think I like the f- second one better. Yeah, I think I like the second one better. But uh, I do definitely have an appreciation for the first one that's so lean and mean. It's got like a, I don't know, it's super tight. There's like barely any fat to it, and it's... It's very interesting because it's honestly, it's like a horror movie. It's not, it's not a pure action movie, which the second one definitely is. And I think that's really cool that you have two different versions of the same premise. It's something I talked about with uh, Gremlins and Gremlins 2, where, you know, you get a lot out of it because both stories have a sort of a different take, a different stylistic vision for the same premise and the same characters. And I think that's really cool that uh, franchises get to do that. And then... On top of that, I think it's really awesome that Terminator 2 is one of the clearest examples of a sequel that had to happen. Like, it's a sequel that's not born out of necessity because the bean counters think, hey, we could we could make a quick buck. It's born out of, like, hey, I, come, like, I came up with this really expansive, really awesome story, and I'm not done telling it yet. And I think that's really cool because a lot of times, like I said, it's it's more the former than the latter. So I think that's another really awesome thing about these two movies in particular. And um, and as far as the franchise at large goes, I mean, there's ebbs and flows, but I'm talking about these two because these are really the only two worth watching. Like, I mean, there's there's good moments in in pretty much all of the Terminator movies except for Genesis, but um. But, I don't know, I think these are the ones that lend the most interesting conversation, and the ones that are the most famous, and, and, and for good reason, so, and they're also definitely the ones I would want to talk the most about, so I think I'll just stick with these, at least for the foreseeable future, but, um, but yeah, I think that's a really awesome place to, to, like, birth a sequel from, because, like I said, a lot of it is, is definitely, is definitely not that way, and that's, kind of interesting that 
Terminator 3 comes around, uh, the studio is like, hey, James Cameron, do you want to do a third one? And he declined it. He said, no, I think we're going to undermine the story if we, uh, if we keep going. I've told what I wanted to tell, and I'm, I'm done. Like, peace out, kind of. And I think they probably should have listened to him. But, uh, but yeah, let's start with the first one. Um, I'm going to try to keep these short. I know I usually have a, a tough time fitting even just one movie into a reasonable time frame, so two seems a little bit much, but we're going to do our best. So, uh, I said it before, but I'll say it again, the, the lean and, and mean horror film vibe of this really, really, really cool. It's very interesting to watch this and try to put yourself in the perspective of someone who's seeing it for the very first time, because once this entered most people's lives, like most people that are probably listening to this, definitely mine, and uh, I feel like, I don't know, it's so quickly became part of the zeitgeist that I feel like most people that get to this movie, they already know what happens in the second one, and, um, and that Arnold is the bad guy in the first one, and then the good guy in the sequel, and I think it's really interesting as well that, that as there's been more and more Terminator movies, that the mythology has just become more and more well-known, so I think it's really cool to go back to this first movie where the concepts and the continuity and the setup for all of this that they're throwing at you is new and it's not you know it's not something that you're used to seeing or something that's been sequeled to death like this is a totally new world that they're um that they're presenting to you and i think that's really cool because uh like i said on a previous episode i introduced this movie and it's sequel to my parents for the first time a couple days ago and um and I thought it was really interesting to watch, especially my mom's reaction, because I'm, I'm sure my dad knew more about this than she did, because, well, it's not totally his wheelhouse, it's certainly something that he's, it's a genre, and like, you know, that kind of action movie is certainly something that he's more into than, than she is, and, you know, as to be expected, but it was interesting to see her reaction and some of the questions that she asked me about that movie, um, and then the sequel as well, because if you don't know that, inside and out if you don't know that mythology super well i think that's really cool and that's something i've been talking about a lot recently because i've been revisiting uh, a lot of movies of the same era of just how much creativity goes into a lot of these things that are now a huge part of our lives and a huge part of pop culture and we just take it for granted that they arrived fully formed to us but stuff like this back to the future gremlins goonies like you know they Robocop even that was my my last episode they found it like these creators and and they found something special they tapped into it and you know they really captured lightning in a bottle in a lot of these cases and um recently I was uh, I was talking to to my mom again about um about something she had heard on a podcast uh I don't know which one I would plug it here but I don't I don't know which one it was and I guess she was talking about how, like, there's certain periods of time that cultures reach that, you know, they kind of go in waves where you just, like, reach a plateau of, like, new innovation. And I thought that was really interesting because some of the stuff she was talking about was just redoing the same thing and just, like, you know, kind of reinventing the wheel sort of things, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, I immediately thought of, like, the iPhone, which it seems kind of random, but you know, back in just a couple of years ago, like, when when the the iPhone and, like, the cell phone in general was first starting to take off, like, 
that's a huge leap in in innovation like that is such a a crazy like a quantum leap in in society and like the technology that's available to us that we have basically a computer in our freaking hand like it went from a thing that you you moved a a dial on and and you know it, it's a cord and just huge clunky contraption to literally it's like the size of your hand and it can compute more than some of the first space shuttles like that's insane and now they're just kind of coming out with the same thing but like adding more cameras or or there's a stylus in this one or whatever or i guess it's not iphones but i guess more phones in general they're just you know they they're just kind of the same thing it's just like oh trust us this camera is 0.2 percent better so give us your money and i mean there have been certain things that have been new and and like airpods and you know vr recently became more prominent in uh in like gaming and stuff but but um you know i don't know it's like it's kind of a it's, we've kind of plateaued a little bit not as much new truly new stuff is coming and then uh and then the same thing is is very much true of hollywood we've been just constantly remaking and rebooting and sequelizing and soft rebooting and and here's this new thing where we cut out like half the continuity so it's one and two and three count and then four five and six do not count this is the new four like you know it, we're just it's even minutiae like that it's just going so far to just remake the same concepts and i think it's really interesting to revisit an era where if you didn't you know if you couldn't get rights to something that you wanted to make that was a pre-existing property you created something else and just this this time where hollywood was very creative and that we were innovating and creating things that you know no way did those filmmakers know that all this stuff would be still super relevant and a huge part of pop culture you know, decades after they made it, and I think that's really awesome, and that was something that, you know, a long way around to say, but that was something that really got me thinking here, so, um, aside from that, the effects are really great in this movie, uh, stylistically, just in general, the production design, the cinematography, the editing, the score especially, all super 80s, all super, like, techno, got a noir, kind of horror spin to it, love all that stuff, it really gets it a unique and and uh, truly its own vibe. That's not you know you can't really you can't really say that this is like any other movie just purely stylistically because it, it's very much its own thing and I think that's really cool. Um, the performances are great. The writing is really good. It's very efficient. I like that for the most part you're learning um, you're learning all this stuff about the future and the war and the machines uh like as sarah is so it you know it, it has you uh, in some of the longer exposition scenes you lean in instead of checking out i really like that uh, i definitely love the emphasis on practical effects i love all the i was gonna say flashbacks to the future that's trippy it's a flashback for kyle but it happens in the future that's weird um honestly paradoxes just like that one are a huge part of this franchise and that's one of my favorite things is debating those kinds of things and and talking about them in crazy weird detail and that's part of the reason i think time travel could never exist because it just breaks your brain if you think about it too hard but um but yeah all the the scenes set in the future and and how they stop motion for the hks and and compositing and stuff with the with everything 
that's happening in the background and then uh, I love the the stop-motion Terminator exoskeleton at the at the bottom or at the bottom what at the end I don't know why I said at the bottom it's it's pretty late I'm getting tired but um yeah all of that is really awesome and I have such a love for that now especially since I mean you want to talk about not innovating not only are we not really innovating anymore in terms of ideas ideas but in terms of effects too I mean obviously computer generated effects have become are becoming increasingly sophisticated but there's a degree to which your brain just internalizes this is fake this isn't this is just not real and you can always spot it I feel like there's just something inherently that you can almost always spot it even if it's on you know almost flawlessly and there's just a certain charming nature to this kind of stuff where you know it's it's real that actually happened I mean regardless of whether or not it was stop motion or you know to a certain scale it happened it, it was there they filmed it and that's so cool and I think that that kind of stuff always holds up better for me than than super dated uh, dodgy CG effects and so I love that about this movie as well and then uh, I do I think one of the only complaints I really have about this movie is that uh, I think um, I don't think that we need the text at the beginning like I don't understand why you, we start the the movie with this establishing shot and then there's like text over it that's talking about I don't know something about the future war I don't even really read it at to, to be honest I don't really read it so I and especially if you're gonna learn all that information anyways I think it's better to just like just leave it ambiguous be like you know have, leave the audience wondering what what did I just see and then eventually you learn it so you you have like two here and two there and then eventually as Kyle starts to explain it to Sarah you you add it add it together and you get four I think that would be a better approach I definitely don't think we need it but I mean that's such a nitpick I mean it really it's small potatoes when it comes to the overall quality of the film because this movie is just awesome it totally kicks ass and I think it totally holds up uh yeah honestly that's really one of my only complaints about this movie it's not perfect certainly it's not you know it's it's definitely groundbreaking in a lot of ways but in terms of dialogue and in terms of like story structure it's nothing super super special but it does introduce us to an awesome new sci-fi world gives us a lot to think about has great characters that are super memorable and it I don't know it just informed a lot of what would be to come in sci-fi action movies so I appreciate it for everything that it did for that and I appreciate it for the effects and performances and the writing and even if it's not the greatest thing in the world I think it's super awesome and super entertaining and I really don't have any complaints about it so yeah, I love it. It's it's super awesome. And that being said, I do still think that the second one is even better, which is crazy because I love I, I love the first one, but I think it's uh I think that the second one is better. I think thematically it has more going on. It's definitely got more on its mind in terms of uh in terms of paradoxes and um and like the the contrast between the Terminator, like the T-800 model, and um, and then Sarah Connor, and I love how it expands on the mythology that was established in the first movie, and how the characters are affected by the events of the first movie, and then I also think that while the first movie presents us with paradoxes, it doesn't necessarily explain them, it just leaves it 
at our feet and lets us do with it what we will because it's not really a part of that movie that's the movie's not hard sci-fi not not that one at least the second one is certainly more sci-fi than i i think the first one is so i think it's it's interesting once we actually start exploring these paradoxes and how it starts being part like thematically it's part of the story because the paradox of of Kyle Reese being John Connor's father isn't necessarily explored it's just something that is part of the story and that you kind of have to come to your own conclusions about but I like that the movie addresses and really explores the idea of um, T2 that is of uh, judging someone for something they haven't done yet which is something that's prevalent in through like throughout all of this and the the ideas of fate versus destiny and um, and I think that's something that once you watch the first two in conjunction with one another, you see how that's a huge overarching theme between both of the first two movies. Um, things that are fated to happen or things that are destined to happen, like um, and and making your own fate and and how we can change things. It's all it's all right there, and it's super super interesting to see them explore in in these different like super sci-fi ways. I love the moment when he comes in, or or when she comes in, uh, to to Miles Dyson's house, uh, Sarah Connor, and she's trying to kill him, and and she can't do it, which is a great moment. So not only the acting, and then eventually the effects with Arnold's arm and everything, but I love the fact that, you know, he says the whole thing about you're judging me for something I haven't even done yet, and then, her refusal to accept, no, it's not good enough, you know, just having this conversation doesn't that change things, and she's like, I. If, even if you don't do this, they'll do it without you. I know them, that whole thing. That's all really good. And, uh, and yeah, I just, I love this. The whole theme of no fate but the one you make and, and how they're trying to change the future and everything. That's really, really awesome. I do think it's ironic, though, that despite, I think the effects are really awesome and they try a lot of new, new groundbreaking things in this movie that, that are similar to the first movie in, you know, in their attempts to do something new and, and really challenge what was possible at the time. But they're very different in that they're, you know, they're they're trying a whole new thing. They're they're adding to the mythology. And, uh, and with everything that comes along with that, the T-1000 is a great villain. He's probably one of the best. His theme is amazing. The performance is fantastic. Uh, I love the whole role reversal of, um, of the T-800 becoming the good guy. I love getting to spend more time with John Connor and, and all of that. Everything is really, really awesome. The, the escape in the mental institution and, and Sarah's super PTSD from the events of the first movie. All of it. It's so, so good. And I really love how quickly this moves and how amazing it is that we're seeing a lot of the same story beats played out in just a very different context. Um, I will say... There are two things that this movie presents that I think unintentionally so that I feel like would have been much more interesting if they would have either A, in one case, taken them out, or B, explored them more. So I think uh, in that order, they don't destroy the robot arm. So there's still a Terminator arm on Earth in the past prior to Skynet becoming a thing and the Terminators becoming a thing and, and yada yada. So they don't technically stop Skynet because there's still a piece of it existing in the past. 
And that is the one I wish they would have taken out because I, that's such an easy fix. And it's such a crazy thing that they could have, you know, that's an oversight because these stories are so tight. And, um, and narratively, they're like so strong and so tied together and they just move so fast. And there's like very little, you know, there's very little fat. There's very little that that's not there intentionally. That's not very expertly constructed and then there's just this one glaring error this just one thing where it's like just just throw that in two like just throw that in two it's so easy and I really wish that they would have realized that before you know this movie was made or released I guess and then the other thing that's more of a nitpick because in the moment I don't think you realize it it's more after when you're trying to analyze it that you're like wait they don't Oh, no, they don't stop Skynet because they don't put the arm in. So that's more of a nitpick. But the thing I think would have been amazing to explore is the idea of John Connor should not exist. Because, I mean, there's super complicated ways that you could look at it, like the timeline splits and whatever, new future, blah, blah, blah. But as this timeline is presented to us by the Terminator movies, by the rules of these two movies... John Connor should cease to exist if they've truly destroyed Skynet. And that would be would have been, I think, the one way where you could have where you could have um you could have maybe stretched this to a trilogy. Is that something about how they didn't destroy the arm, if maybe the T one thousand got that to a separate location before they could destroy it, and maybe they were looking for that in the third one. I realize this is a totally different story. Although predominantly the same the ending is slightly different um and then that's why john connor is still living and then maybe the third movie could have to do with not only are they chasing down this MacGuffin, but then they're also um they're also um like they're also dealing with the fact that john connor should cease to exist should they find it should they destroy it he has to ref wrestle with and his his mother has to wrestle with the fact that he's not going to live anymore. He's going to be dead. Because if they destroy Skynet, then J uh, John Connor never becomes the leader of the Resistance, which means he never meets Kyle Reese, or if he does, Kyle Reese isn't a soldier. And the time machine, like, they don't need, you know, it's not necessary that they send him back to protect Sarah, and so then he never comes back to impregnate Sarah, so then John's never born, which means John will never exist. So, I think that would be amazing if that was a bigger part of this movie. I realize it changes a lot of it thematically, but it, I, I do think it's so perfect for this movie as well, in a lot of ways. And I think it would be amazing to see a Sarah Connor, you know, trying to come to terms with the fact that if she succeeds in her ultimate mission, then her son can't ever, can't ever exist. And she'll never be able to experience that and never be able to love her child and never be able to fall in love with his father and, and all this stuff. It don't, you know, it won't mean anything anymore. And I think that that would be super, super, super interesting. And, um... I don't know, I just feel like I wish they would have either explained it away somehow, like, oh, blah, 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 math, science, time travel, whatever, and he, he'll live magically by this, some process of science, but 
if they didn't do that, I wish that would have become a part of this movie, because then you're dealing with the needs of the many versus the needs of the few, and that's such an impossible position to put her in, that she's prepared her whole life, and prepared her son her whole life, or, or his whole life, for uh, for this whole end-all, be-all Judgment Day thing, and then it's all for nothing, because the only way to prevent that is to, is to make those years, you know, render them meaningless, because he's doesn't exist anymore and everything you've been training for training him for doesn't mean anything and then i think there's another really interesting way you could you could take a third film is seeing a sarah connor that prepared for judgment day and then it never came she won what happens next i think that would be really cool to see too again i do realize i'm writing totally different movies but um but yeah or another way you could take it is she cannot make that choice she just can't do it, and she has to let her son live, because it doesn't matter if anyone tells her, like, no, you won't even remember that he existed, it'll be fine, whatever, it it doesn't matter, she's built up enough of a connection to this boy that she just, they just have to fight this war, it just doesn't matter, I think that would be really interesting too, but, uh, but yeah, I realize I've, I've beaten this dead horse a lot, so I think I'll leave it at this, there are interesting ways they could have gone with this, but if they didn't want to do that, I think they should have closed that loop somehow. But that's, again, something about the magic of this movie is that it somehow pulls all this off that in other movies I would not give them a pass for this, but something about this perfect storm of, of story elements and, and effects and performances and paradoxes and amazing conversations that, that they generate, it just doesn't it just doesn't matter to me, which is crazy because there's other movies... I would never let off the hook for something like this glaring. I don't know. Something about it. It even escapes my my overly analytical self. That's hard to say. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but these movies are, these movies are magic. They still totally kick ass, and I really love them. So if you haven't seen them in a while, or you haven't seen them at all, what are you doing? Why are you listening to this? Go watch them. Just go watch them. They're awesome. They're so totally worth it. And, uh, and yeah, I love Terminator and Terminator 2. Whew. All right. I think that about does it for me. Before I get out of here, I would like to say that I am grateful for all our first responders and, uh, and people that are out there on the front lines fighting to keep us safe and keep us secure during this really difficult time uh, in our country and in the world. I think, well, uh, I guess what got me thinking about this was earlier, the there I live right by a church. I'm not going to tell you which one. Don't stop me. But I do. I live right right across from one. And, uh, and all of a sudden, the church bell started ringing. And I was like, what? And I go outside, and there's these two people just standing there ringing it, and they will not stop. I'm talking like solid five minutes. I'm like, okay, you're supposed to ring it like four times. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm incensed, like, I'm kind of getting angry, I'm like, stop, come to find out, it's a, it's an honor across PA, um, the state which I live, obviously, um, there, they were ringing bells at around the same time to support our first responders, and to honor them, and just, you know, as a symbol of respect, and I was like, well, aren't I a piece of shit, and, uh, and so, yeah, I'm very thankful to them, I think, uh, 
I think maybe it would have been different if it was off in the distance rather than right next to my house. But again, the gesture matters much more than my temporary annoyance. And once I realized what it was, I definitely had more respect for it. If I would have known that going in, I probably wouldn't have had that same reaction. But I'm, I'm so glad that we have that system in place and that those people are still making sacrifices every day to keep us safe and keep us healthy. And we owe them an unimaginable debt of gratitude. So... Yeah, that's what I'm grateful for. All right, everyone. Whew. We've been on a ride. I think I did pretty good, though. I'm making good time. This will be about, I think, almost exactly a half an hour if we get out of here quick. So, yeah, man, I'm I'm proud of myself. 15 minutes on each movie, not half bad. So, uh, in the meantime, if you like this and you want to get more, I would super appreciate it if you would subscribe so you never miss an episode. And uh, if you'd be so kind to leave a five-star, preferably, review wherever you get your podcast, you can do it right in app, and it helps out a lot. Um, if you've already done that, but you want to do something else that can support the show, you can follow the show on Instagram at Movies and More Pod, where I post updates on what uh, what the topics of discussion will be and when new episodes are posted. If you want to uh, follow me personally on Instagram, you can do that at gmandrelli1, where I post, well, not anymore, but uh, I used to post trips that I go on, sneakers that I buy, and some of my art. So you can find all that there. If uh, Instagram doesn't really float your boat, I totally get it. You can email the show with any comments, questions, suggestions, or concerns at, uh, at moviesandmorepod at gmail.com. Uh, that's all for me. Uh, thank you as always for listening. As I said at the beginning, stay safe, stay healthy, stay occupied. I, I hope everything's going well for all you loyal listeners out there. And uh, And yeah, until next time, I'll be back. Oh, shoot. Oh, dude, it was such a perfect outro, and then I did the world's shittiest Arnold impression. Okay, hold on. Let's let's run that back. Oh, God, I can't do it now. I'll be back. I think that's as good as it's going to get. Peace, everybody.